0: Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another DMN one-on-one. And we've we've done these in some uh, some very unusual places. Right now I'm in the lobby of a hotel in Prague, so if you hear a little bit of cocktail music and some cups rattling, that's why. But on to the main topic, which is uh, my guest today, Iva Crotty, who's Deputy Director of Creative and Innovation at RT. Welcome, Iva. Thanks a lot, Kim. So, RT... Um, it's funny, at DMN, we changed our name from Direct Marketing News just a few years ago. People still use that. RT, I know, rebranded, I think, as much as 10 years ago. But yeah. a lot of people still think Russia Today.
1: Yeah, so, sure. Sure, yeah.
0: Yeah. So talk to us about the, the RT ecosystem, the, the dot-com, the, no the television. Problem. Um, so we are, um, you know, the, the it, it's, it grew as a TV-first,
1: you know, news network. Now, if you ask me... Um, uh, and I'm on the record uh, saying this. Uh, Anchorman, the movie, in my opinion, is a documentary about TV news. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, it grew up as a TV new, uh, first news network, and I think um, I wasn't there at the time, but uh, um, I think RT, uh, well, Russia Today, at the time, there was a there was an idea that they might, you know, kind of pr- provide a window on Russia to the world. Right. Um, and uh, I, th- I think they fairly quickly realised that. From, a t- from the point of view of a sustainable 24-hour rolling news channel, uh-huh. that wasn't really an option. I mean, you know, like providing window in Russia could be part of the programming, but you know, it, it had to be news first, and uh, you know, uh, I think they were perhaps overtaken by events a little bit, but the rebranding came eventually. And to be honest with you, there was a few of us who, who weren 't terribly happy with RT either mm-hmm. uh, because at the time retweet was far more popular than <laughs> RT and it still is yeah uh, but uh, you know they, they went for it and, and uh, you know, I, I moved out of I started in, in the TV newsroom in 2009 then but um, moved into digital uh, in about two thousand and twelve um, and I felt the RT you know obviously it worked from, from a dot com point of view and a, you know a, a, a kind of you know at RT or whatever you know it's it's much easier handled to deal with. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the branding was that, and and um, so it started as a as a news network uh, mostly in English. Then uh, shortly afterwards, Arabic came in Spanish,
0: right?
1: Um, and um, I guess probably in like 2011. Uh, while I was do- working in the TV newsroom mostly writing klaxons actually um, right. uh, which is good fun I have a, have a few uh, super Cali go, go ballistic Celtic or atrocious moments Like at some <laughs>
0: um,
1: So, uh, um, but I couldn't wait to be honest with you I couldn't wait to get out of the TV newsroom it didn't, uh, didn't appeal to me and, uh one of the guys basically I was involved in the setting up of, of what is now the RT YouTube network and, and uh, that's now a, a five billion view um, you know, YouTube ecosystem yeah. uh, over six languages uh, probably about 40 50 brands micro brands in there as well uh, and yeah we like you know we set up the Twitter accounts and we you know we launched we opened the Facebook page and you know so so uh, we seem we were we were early uh, you know in 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 each of those games, as it were, um, and, uh, you know, perhaps that uh, was key to, you know, to, to the quote-unquote success, you know, to the reach that we certainly uh, enjoyed. Uh, we've built a very strong uh, organic community across the platform, so we, we we discover, monitor, discover surface news on all platforms, and, right. and, and uh you know, we have a... Uh, yeah, you know, I'll get to that maybe. So we have like a small social media team that's that really started as this kind of, you know, back in the day, just, you know, driving content to the website was probably, you know, what, what we yes, were at, sure. you know, back in the old days. Um, so there was articles written and there was, you know, folks on that. And then, uh, you know, probably four years ago, suddenly video was the, you know, three, four years ago, uh, more, five, um, video became everything. So we changed the workflow. Uh, we were lucky in one way uh, because we had already enjoyed a lot of success with YouTube. Um, but, our success on youtube in my opinion was down to the kind of raw quality of the videos uh, we particularly uh, we particularly successful with things like just taking uh, we were an ap client mm-hmm. taking a piece stuff you know cutting it very take, taking their footage cutting out all correspondence right you know, all all talking heads oh, and just providing okay. raw footage yeah. like, raw, raw footage to uh, to our our subscribers right and they loved it they didn't want to be told you know, by a guy with big hair and a microphone, or or a girl with this, you know, skinny dress and great arms, to you know what to think. Uh, they wanted to make it up themselves, and you know, like for better and for worse. You know, um, so anyhow, um, we learned that lesson very quickly, and, and I think that was key to the success that we enjoyed on YouTube.
0: Mm-hmm. So it yeah. sounds like you've you've gone through a change which a, a lot of brands have had to face, which is that. Social and these other channels, YouTube. I think YouTube is a social channel. Are not there to drive everyone back to a homepage or to a TV show, but they are themselves the ways of communicating with the audience. Is that fair? I think, you know, I think, I think
1: when when one when one gets into bed with uh, with the great and the good of Silicon Valley, I think one very quickly realizes that despite the kind of smiles and the handshakes, uh, you know, self interest drives their actions. Mm. And it was very clear, I think, that um, the walled garden, so to speak, was always a goal, an end goal for for those channels right. who, who started with you know cross posting and you know b- providing traffic, and clearly uh, face- that was Facebook's modus operandi. So yeah, yeah, we've we, we've absolutely been through it, and you know that necess- necessitated, of course, um, you know a, a, a radical change in. Uh, performance assessment, and you know, from the social point of view as well. You know, like a move to engagement and moderation, and yeah. uh, you know, working with people in real time rather than that, that idea that you can sit down at the end of a week or a month and look back and go, well, twenty eight percent of web traffic's not bad, is it? You know, like you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so yes, certainly. You know, we've we we've, we've rolled with the times. Uh, you know, uh, both on the. On the technical side, and it, it, as we've just been talking about, and, and politically too, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, let, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are big companies, and, and there are vested interests there. So, you know, I've been, uh, you know, we've been fettered uh, by um, these uh, the guys, you know, in, in Silicon Valley, and we've been completely ignored by them, you know, for the last eighteen months uh, yeah. as a brand, you know, as, yeah. a, as a partner. Um, you know, I mean, we're still a YouTube partner and stuff, but like, you know, relations are very. Yeah, no, Not what they were, put it that way.
0: What I, I mean, that's some, that's a topic we obviously can't avoid. We were talking before we started. The um, the commercial side of, of social, the publishing side, and the political and cultural side, yeah. very entangled now. And something like the Cambridge Analytica incident, all the stories about supposed Russian influence mm-hmm. in social sure. media on the elections, yeah. it's not something RT can remain aloof from, because people are yeah. going to think, this is a Russian media organisation. Yeah, uh, there must yeah. be something to do with it. So there mm-hmm. must be a, a daily yeah. challenge for you. How do you face that? To be honest, um,
1: it's, you know, Lord grant me the uh, you know grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Right. You know, um, so uh, you know, really, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. Um, you know, I know from off-the-record conversations with uh, senior um, you know partners in the US that uh, they they believe the narrative is uh, of hysterical proportions and 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 you know uh, out of um, out of their control um, it's unfortunate and and you know it's it's clearly symptomatic of a larger malaise in, in the us uh, that we all hope they they can extract themselves from um, but uh, you know on the Russian side really you know there's like you know there's nothing we can do. I mean, you know, we, we run a very clean house in the RT side. Uh, you know, we, we don't we don't use data extraction engines. We don't follow people. We don't track. You know, to uh, to, to any extent. We, we we you know we use social bakers. You know, whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, but, but uh, you know, other than that, um, uh, we we keep we keep the place fairly clean, and we like to stay away uh, from anything to do with that kind of ecosystem. And the, you know, the the bot centers or the troll centers and stuff, in, in, in the famous ones in Saint Petersburg, which now no longer exist. I mean. They, They've pivoted into uh, uh, other forms of social. Um, so, uh, you know, you can. I, I think you, 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 with a story that's as powerful and as emotional and as, as important in many ways, you know, as that, as the Russia hacked the election uh, story, you know, and there there may be elements of truth to it. Right? I don't know, you know, I just don't know. Um, you know, you, I, I think it's inflamed enough without adding. You know, uninformed oxygen to to that particular fire. You know, but like as a brand, yeah. You know, um, on the one hand, uh, it it creates a great deal of toxicity uh, in a B two B sense and a B and a B two C sense. You know, from a from a partnership model. Um, uh, you know, as I mentioned, there there are now. Uh, you know, m- most of our former American partners are are uh, very very wary of uh, communicating with us at all. Um, but. Uh, you know on on the other side um, I think there's a notoriety that comes with you know, from a brand perspective you know there's a, there's a notoriety that comes with this uh, and an and energy that um, you know that 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 it, it's not difficult for a PR to turn that into uh, you know a positive uh, brand communication principle you know, put, put it that way yeah uh, you
0: know. that's interesting because the extra if you like you have to jump a few more hurdles at RT than perhaps other publishers do, to be a trusted voice to your audience, to engage yeah. with your audience, have the audience find you authentic. Do you, do you think that leads you to set yourselves higher standards? Um, I, th- I think, it, you know, like I, it, it, it's
1: a great question and uh, very perceptive because it's one that like nobody would ever ask about RT honestly you know it's like higher standards at RT you must be joking a bunch of cowboys you know I mean that's that, that's the kind of you know the the, the conceit of the news industry uh, uh, um, yeah you know there's great pressure there and, and there's a, you know there is a conservativism in the editorial because there is a fear of getting it wrong you know and getting it wrong means you know Means it means a piece in BuzzFeed, a piece on CNN. It, it means you know, yeah. uh, BBC, uh, Guardian, whatever. You know, they, the New York own, Times can get something go. wrong, but
0: if you get something yeah. wrong, your motives. Well, will it's be a big pushed. deal. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that. You know, I mean, but you know, look, I'm, my background's in sociology. I understand institutional bias. I know what it is. You know, I did media studies for God's sake. You know, so I mean, it's no problem. It just is what it is. You know, yeah. the industry is structured the way it is.
0: Well, talking about your background, uh, the audience will have picked up an Irish accent, yeah. I would think. Proudly. So, um, yeah, you have, we, again, we were chatting before we started recording. You have an interesting perspective on this because, um, you know, I, I grew up in the UK, I've lived in the US most of my adult life. Inevitably, I see things to a certain extent through a US sure. kind of uh, perspective, yeah. but your perspective is different. Tell me a bit more about that. Um, like, like, you know, kind of. From you know you starting your in Ireland, career, career in Ireland, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: so uh, yeah, uh, well, to be honest with you, before I ever studied, um, I worked in insurance after school. I, uh, I ended up working in Holland, making dashboards for Ford Mondeos in 1993, 1995. Down your Maastricht. then went back to college in University College Cork, did sociology and geography, did a masters in sociology, and eventually abandoned the PhD and moved into investigative journalism. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, we, we were kind of, as we were saying, you know, Ireland in that sense is a, you know, sometimes a little island just off Long Island, mm-hmm. culturally, and sometimes, you know, part of the United Kingdom. Uh, and I think that really informed, uh, uh, you know, uh, for a small island perspective you, you, you know you're, you're always going to be outward looking right. uh, I think and personally I'm a traveler and I, I've always enjoyed it I'm more comfortable in the diaspora than I am you know in, uh, I think in 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 the country, oh, south, in country yeah. Proper, yeah. Right. at this stage you know I've been away whatever you know 12 years in Moscow um, so uh, yeah um, a little example of kind of perhaps why you know uh, travel was good and some some of the issues that come up. Uh, I'd worked in the Centre for Public Inquiry, which was an investigative journalism centre in Dublin, um, and there was a political scandal involving uh, the, the guy who runs it, um, uh, Frank Connolly, uh, who was uh, alleged uh, by the Minister for Justice under parliamentary privilege to have used a false passport, etc. Et but we found ourselves being doorstepped on our way into work. We were doing stuff on <coughs> shell, deaths in state custody, the property bubble, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, and um, we found ourselves being doorstepped in in 2005, uh, where we were being asked, uh, one, one question was, are you in the IRA? You know, a completely and utterly absurd and stupid, and ridiculous question. Uh, and the other question was, why aren't you in the IRA? Because media was polarized that way. Right? Yeah. And and that um, uh, what what we, what, we uh, what I referred to as a kind of narrative claustrophobia um, was really a you know a key reason behind uh, d- deciding to give Moscow a try actually and trying mm-hmm. to get just get into a different space. I wasn't that interested either in the U.S. because of familiarity. You know, we grew up between British football and, and American music, you know, right, in, in Ireland. And uh, um, so uh, you know uh, there was a familiarity there that that you know. Uh, was great, mm-hmm. you know, and brilliant. Um, but I wanted to try something else, and, and uh, I'd always been fascinated by um, the opportunity to move east, you know, which was, I was born in 1969, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to those of us of a certain vintage, moving east was always a luxury denied to us, uh, or by and large, yeah, uh, unless we were, you know, Russian studies experts or, you know, uh, so yeah, that became uh, uh, something that I really enjoyed, you know, uh, was getting out east and, and being fascinated by just the different kinds of. Humanity, different kinds of societies and structures. The sociologist, I just kind of love it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, based in
0: Moscow for some time now?
1: Uh, on and off for 12 years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, when, when I got out there first, I worked with a Novisty for a couple of years, uh, then, uh, did a year of mobile advertising, um, uh, ended up in Singapore um, selling a Symbian based uh, advertising platform, and um, then uh, returned to Moscow in 2009 and, and started with RT. Got into 2011, 12. We really began on the, the focused. well, became head of social I think, in 2012. Yeah. And uh, my first uh, first gig was to go down to MWC uh, in Barca. Oh, the Mobile World Yeah. Congress, yeah. yeah. Where, where I had a chat with um, a guy who was um, he was head. He's head of Radio for Europe, Radio Liberty. Oh yeah. In uh, the American, you know, quote unquote, uh, news slash government funded, whatever, you know. Uh, um, a news organization, uh, and uh, yeah, that was my first chat, and that was kind of like you know, welcome, you know, welcome to the uh, welcome to the it was very naive, wet behind the ears, hadn't a clue what was going on, to be honest. With you. Uh, so yeah, and then I moved back to Dublin in um, uh, 2000 and end, end of 2015, so 2016 17. Uh, 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 we did 18 months in Dublin, we launched a newsroom there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a verification unit, a verification center, uh, who, who work. A la storyful, uh, if, if you've heard. Oh, of Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, just taking um, you know best in practice uh, kind of digital verification methodology, and uh, you know, using Dublin. Dublin has become kind of a culture carrier
0: yeah.
1: of that because of Dublin's proximity to everybody, uh, Google, Facebook, and Twitter, etc. Um, yes. So, yeah, it made sense for us to um, to have a look there. Um, uh, at the time, we were finding it very hard to bring staff in. Uh, and the Russian currency had collapsed by 80% at the time. So, you know, it was just impossible to get people in. Brand toxicity was an issue.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so uh, we went to market, and I felt, uh, you know, that Irish journalists, um, not exclusively Irish journalists, but journalists in Ireland, uh, in a country that's not a NATO member, that, mm. you know, is uh, neutral uh, during World War 2 yeah. post-colonial, you know, all of that, yes. um, felt that... Um, I had been through terrorism, a form of Taliban and the Catholic Church's mm-hmm. uh, uh, reign of terror. Um, uh, that that you know, journalists who were able to write to those themes would be able to take on international themes with a sophistication that wasn't always there, in my opinion. Humbly, uh, with journalists who grew up writing for the Telegraph, or the Guardian, or the New York Times, or the or the whatever. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I just felt that there was an outward, you know, an internationalist, an internationalism. Uh, in their perspective, that uh, we could we could touch touch upon, yeah. and we we did. You know, I'm very happy. Uh, some of some of the best work we ever did was there. Some we, we broke um, Podesta, giving rise to a gigantic conspiracy theory that somehow RT was in bed with twi- with WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, of yeah. Course. yeah, yeah. The uh,
0: the email total bullshit, person, Kim. Always. Yeah, total
1: bullshit. <laughs> like you know, we were in the newsroom. mate, we were watching. You know, we were on WikiLeaks site on the database, right? And just re- you know refreshing the page. Right. because we knew every, they always publish at nine a.m. into New York, uh, you know. So it was one p.m. in Ireland. So lads, check the page. Here it comes. And we we checked it, and uh, you know there it was. Before WikiLeaks had tweeted it, we tweeted it. You know that it was online. Wow. And uh, yeah, but it didn't stop. You know, I mean, I I watched this gigantic conspiracy theory from so-called sensible, righteous, righteous journalists who would accuse everybody else of being conspiracy theorists. Yeah. You know, mushroom. You know, across
0: social. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty funny. It's a remarkable, remarkable story, and as I say, a very distinctive perspective you bring to these things. Let's just wrap up by touching briefly on social, because sure. after all, we're in Prague because right. it's the Social Bakers Engage yes. Twenty Eighteen. So you mentioned social bakers earlier. You're using them to to execute on your your social mission. Yeah. Um,
1: we came late to it, uh, uh, came late to Social Bakers, but um, for, for us, primarily, it became a kind of comparative and, and performance analysis tool. Right. Um, we still, uh, our guys on the desk, uh, for various reasons, like to keep things kind of as manual as possible, and they kind of keep their hands on the keyboards. Okay. Uh, they, they prefer, they, they do a lot of editing, and, and and they do a lot of work there, so they, they tend to kind of shy away from the kind of, you know, the more kind of... Uh, you know scheduling and what kind of pro- programmatic elements. That, uh, yeah. But but sure. yeah. yeah. So social as a as a you know performance analysis tool and comparative tool is great. Yeah. Um, the guys like Crowdtangle, for example, on the Facebook side. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. you know great uh, great tool for us. Um, yeah. And then uh, you know we use um, we were data miner clients or early adopters there from a news discovery perspective uh, uh, as well. So yeah yeah. And uh, um, it's a... It's a nascent product, and, and social, social in general, I think is um, you know it's been key to the to brand growth, and you know the, like you know social has disrupted so many publishing channels, you know, yeah. communication channels, um, and I think you know to some extent maybe the brand has surfed on uh, you know, surfed on that. Always, Luis, uh, as Louise said, uh, Luis Telles from, from Brazil, who gave this fantastic workshop yesterday, said, surf on something that's going to happen anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wave is there, so yeah, surf on exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: so, uh, yeah, you, but, but the, from a tool basis and an analysis basis, uh, you know, we keep things reasonably simple and we keep our metrics simple. We try not to overcomplicate it. The organization is not that big, you yeah. know, it's uh, uh, the social team on the news side is... Um,
0: but eight people. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. uh, you know. So it's really quite small. And that's group. 24-7, eight people. You exactly. Know, Can you imagine? All the time. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. Cover, covering up to like, you know, probably 50 million users a day, you right. know,
1: across platforms. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there, there about. So, yeah, they, they do a great job. Great kids, you know, like yeah. amazingly. Like, you know, I'm, I'm 48, I'm just amazed by the talent that you see coming through now, you know, like uh, it gives you great hope for a less polarized world uh, when you see kids yeah. come up with, uh, you know, you, you're chatting with this like 28-year-old uh, from perhaps Moscow and, and then, you know, working them through with some copy or whatever and then suddenly they tell you that like actually English is their third language and like Arabic is their second or oh, something, okay. you know, you kind of, you know really amazed by, uh, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the ability of these, these guys to work uh, so brilliantly. So, yeah, yeah, uh, but, yeah, you know, I'm very passionate about social. Um, we're, we're here today to tell a story about um, 1917 Live, our Twitter historical retelling. Uh, and uh, which we've won about twenty prizes for at this stage, including Shorties and webbies and Admin Article Awards. And, uh, we've done brilliantly on that. So, uh, to be honest with you, I'm kind of happy to say that you know, having uh, I've moved out of Newsflow, uh, I'm not really working on the news side of the the, uh, the organisation anymore. Uh, you know, focused on uh, brand storytelling and, and you know, uh, kind of storytelling quality. And that kind of brings me back to my roots again because it's it's it kind of brings out the. The kind of wannabe anthropologist in me, and, uh, and allows us uh, allows us get into a kind of long form uh, and, and kind of time rich uh, form of storytelling that you, know, you just don't have in in social news publishing anymore. You know, working in social in news, in my opinion, is like working in a McDonald's when the restaurant's on fire. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, you know, perhaps. You know, perhaps from a from a news publishing point of view, perhaps automation is the answer. You know, but but moderation and curation is, is so extraordinarily necessary in an era when a tweet will you know that that's that's mistweeted or you know badly timed. But automated can you know can really start a scandal. And uh, so from that point of view, I think you know uh, the human touch needs to be there. Yeah. But it's tough for the guys at the end of the pipeline. You know, I don't I don't envy them.
0: Okay, well. I think your last answer opened up about 20 more topics we could talk about, but we're out of time. Um, Thanks. Very candid interview. Appreciate it, Ivor. Thank you. You're very welcome, Ken. It's my pleasure.